It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Uh, it's obviously been a, been a tough week here uh, in South Carolina uh, for us, uh, you know, for the for the players first off, and, and, and the coaches. But uh, been proud of the coaches and proud of the players. Uh, I think they've responded as, as well as you can. Uh, you know, one of Coach Bustamps last thing uh, that he said to the guys was he expected them to continue to fight, play for each other, uh, and we've tried to you know to carry that on for Coach. Uh, working extremely hard this week. We had two good practices uh, Tuesday and Wednesday today. Uh, we're playing a talented Missouri team uh, that, you know, start off looking at their football team uh, defensively. Uh, they've got an active front. Uh, they've got one of the better linebackers, not just in this conference, but in the country. Offensively, uh, they've got speed outside. They do a good job of running the ball uh, with stretch game and counter game and mix enough quarterback run in uh, to really, really keep you honest. Uh, Coach Drinkowitz has done a nice job and has the guys playing extremely hard. So it's going to be a big challenge uh, for for us. Uh, you know, and you can sit here and say, you know, coming off what we're coming off of, uh, a loss and losing our coach. Uh, there's a lot of excuses to be made, but that's the one thing that we're trying not to do. Or we're not going to allow ourselves to do is, is make excuses. We got to get ready to play. We got to represent South Carolina the right way on Saturday night. And what's up? What's up? I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. It is GC Live. That, of course, the voice of South Carolina interim head football coach Mike Bobo. Really, about uh, an hour ago, two hours ago, on the SEC teleconference, talking a little bit about this game. And I, I can't imagine, man, the jump in responsibilities on a week like this for a guy who is the interim coach. And, I mean, you go from your job, probably enough, uh, probably it's hard enough, probably takes enough uh, time, effort, time management in the first place, just getting your quarterbacks ready and game planning your offense. But press conference on Monday this week, press conference on Tuesday, SEC teleconference on Wednesday, getting the entire team ready, making sure you've literally touched base with every single guy as far as opt-outs go, changing up changing up the practice plan, COVID protocols, making sure you're going to have enough guys to play. I mean, I, I'm getting ex- – I was already exhausted, but I'm getting exhausted just talking about everything Mike Bobo is going to have to do this week to prepare South Carolina to play Missouri. And I tell you what, man. I think if Mike Bobo had just an hour to just put aside, not worry about football, he would love to sit back, relax, and chill in the game day chair. Oh, man. I, I think Bobo would be all over it. But, you know, he could. He could find it maybe while he's, like, watching film or something. He could get a game day chair in his office. Yes. Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by the fine folks at Affordable Medical, find them at AffordableMedicalUSA.com, 803-926-1493. What features would the game day chair have if Mike Bobo were to have a game day chair? Well, first, I mean, it's big, comfortable, awesome fabric. You can actually upgrade the fabric to the Brisa fabric, which is used in Gulfstream jets. So I don't think Mike Bobo has probably been recruiting in like a Gulfstream jet. It's probably just more of a private plane. Try to ask him that. Uh, But game day chair, uh, lounge position lay flat position for mike bobo's nap or the uh tv watching position which would be really great for watching film and i'm a little scared now because i'm hoping he's not going to try to get some uh endorsement money off this or sue us for using his name yeah uh, i (laughs) i think he's got probably uh 
bigger things to worry about right now, bigger things to focus on. Yeah. Um, so sorry, Mike. Uh, Mike uh, did not endorse this product, but we did. So, um, all right, y'all. What's up? What's up to the the unnamed, unsponsored chat? Uh, the the degenerates, I believe, is your unofficial name right now. We'll see if if that gets uh, changed at, at a later date. But obviously, we got to work in a little bit of Missouri talk. We'll talk about that today. But I, I know the thing on everyone's mind on our message boards in the chat on here every show this week. On Twitter, is Gamecocks coaching search. So I always think it's interesting, Chris, when sort of Vegas gets involved. And it, when it comes to games and whatever analytics they use to sort of figure out the line on the game, Vegas knows, man. Like they, they, they are so good at setting these lines for these games. So generally, if if they say something, even even when Chris, it's something like, "Why why is that team favored by thirteen points?" How many times have you said that to yourself? And then the game comes down to like a late touchdown that's either going to put the game over or under that thirteen point mark, you know, for a team. So so they know. That said. I don't think Vegas has sources on the ground at every single school when they're doing futures bets either. So I'd imagine Vegas maybe has some agent world sources. I got yeah. a feeling. Potentially. Right. The, uh, you know, maybe some coaching search um, as far as, you know, South Carolina just hired a, a coaching search firm. Maybe Vegas has some, some moles over there. I don't know. But their odds, Chris, I would say are a little bit off, but but not completely. Um, I think they're on, just my personal opinion, I think they're on as far as the names on this list. Mm-hmm. But as far as the actual odds, maybe a little bit off and... If y'all will bear with me for the folks that are watching, I may be able to pull it up. Hopefully this works. So what what have your thoughts, Chris, been on what you're seeing right there, the Vegas odds? Yeah, and let me look over them again. So <clears throat> well, you got you got Napier as the favorite, according yep. to Vegas. You got and this is where I think we would probably personally disagree on, on the order. You've got freeze at plus 400. If if you could sort of make an, an anti-bet here, then bet for not freeze. I think you might be in a better place that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Beamer next, Chadwell after that. Then, interestingly enough, you got Luke Fickle at plus 700, Tony Elliott at 750, Scott Satterfield plus 800, then uh, Bill O'Brien, Steve Sarkeesian, and I'm going in order, Venables, Healy, Joe Brady at plus 1,200, and then Munkin at plus 1,200 as well. Yeah, and I mean, so I'm not – I can't say I'm surprised by any of these names being on here because in some form or fashion, we've seen all these names online. Now, some of the guys on this list – for whatever reason it may be, are, are not going to be the head coach. <laughs> so they might as well be off the board, you know. But, like, I do I do agree with Freeze should not be number two on here. I'll say that. Any of our subscribers have have read that, and, and we've gone into some further detail for our subscribers. The other thing, man, is, like, once you get past, I don't know, the first few guys, with a couple exceptions, with a couple exceptions, um, you know, it, it sort of becomes a crapshoot at that point. It's like, who, you know, who would you even say? Like, for me, Luke Fickle and Joe Brady, there's about the same chance that they're going to be the guy. You know, like, neither is likely whatsoever. You know, Luke Fickle turned down an opportunity to go be the head coach at Michigan State last year. I think Colorado was another one he was in on. Um, and had a chance to go there, and he's still at Cincinnati. He can bide his time. He can 
see if a, if a school like Michigan opens up. He can wait for a little while and see, hey, maybe Ryan Day goes and makes a move at a, from Ohio State to, say, the NFL in the next couple of years. He can buy it his time. So um, he's not really a guy that we're, we're seriously tracking here. And I, I think there's several of those on that list. But I'm with you. That's the what I would pick out. The the what probably the main thing when you're in that sort of top few that they've got there is is freeze would probably be lower. Yeah, and and then like you said, maybe some guy now. And, and once you start getting down to to Joe Brady and you know the these are yeah. very, I mean he, he, by Vegas eyes these are are big long shots. Uh, yeah. I tell you that the guy I like the most, and not necessarily as far as having a shot at the job, but the guy I like on this list that nobody that people haven't talked about as much. It is obviously Will Healy. Chris knows I've had a uh, a soft spot for Will Healy. I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be great somewhere. Maybe not ready for a South Carolina job yet. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of years into his time at Charlotte, but a guy that that I really like, and it was interesting to see him thrown in there as well. But for the most part, those are names you you will see on our hot board now. Whether we would actually consider them to truly be in the running right now. Some of those guys, obviously, you would say probably not. Uh, a, a guy that is on that list would be someone that I've seen talked about on Twitter quite a bit, Chris, and has sort of hit the rumor mill, and you sort of realize why, and you sort of um, can can make sense of it as far as the connections people are making, but Jeff Munkin at Army is someone that that I've seen folks say, you know, no, 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 by any means, no. Obviously, there's a Caslin connection there. Are are we safe to just maybe help anyone out there who has fears about that being some higher because of the Caslin connection? Are we safe to? ease those fears. Yes, I, I, I think so. I do not expect Jeff Munkin to be the next coach at South Carolina. Now, if at some point there's some report published where you hear South Carolina has talked to Jeff Munkin, Jeff Munkin, even if it's something like says, you know, Jeff Munkin has been interviewed, people really get up in arms about, it. oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy interviewed. You know, that would not be a shock given the connections. But I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that that I would not anticipate him being the next guy. I think they're going to go, um, not even think, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain you know, they're going to go in another direction. But you may you may read some stuff about Jeff Munkin with this job, um, whether it's speculative with that tie to Caslin that you mentioned, Wes, or if they do talk to him at some point. I mean, that, that could happen, but I just don't anticipate there being a lot of traction there. Yeah, it, it seems to be that, I, Chris, I, I think the – the four the four names that initially have been talked about the most, you have to say, would be Napier, Beamer, Freeze, and Chadwell. That, that's the four names that sort of popped up were the most, I think, both sort of publicly and behind the scenes. And now it, it seems to be that that Freeze maybe ha, has lost a little bit of traction. I think is safe to say, but sort of the the original names that have sort of been discussed and and brought about by by the fan base seem to be the names that are still circulating, you know, behind the scenes right now as well. Yeah, definitely. Those guys are still in the mix. And, um, you know, we're still at the point in this search where some new names, uh, maybe that weren't on our hot board initially, or maybe names that we haven't discussed, or maybe even names that people haven't really even discussed, like in our um, still unnamed, still unsponsored chat, you know, could come forth. Um, I may be writing about one of those this afternoon, actually. Um, yeah, a little teaser. Mm-hmm. We, we've, but I've talked to you about him. I think. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry. Look, uh, right here below uh-huh. my finger. If yeah. you, um, if you want to read what Chris has to say this afternoon, uh, come on over to GamecockCentral.com. First year is twenty five dollars with the promo code Search twenty five. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, no worries, man. So, yeah, so there's still, look, there's a lot of research going on. Um, I don't think we're at the, like, formal interview process, but, um, you know, lots of vetting being done, things like that. 
And so, yeah, there's still there's still candidates out there. There's still got sort of that core group that we know about. Um, there's a lot of guys that maybe aren't super high on the list, but like have not been ruled out. So doing research on those and and even some new guys that are being looked at. So at some point it'll progress. I mean, they've ruled some guys out. They're moving along. But um, at some point it'll get whittled down. At some point there'll be interviews. Um, but I don't know that we're to that point yet. There might still be some some names that come up. So, yeah, search 25 promo code. We've got we've had an update every day. Right, Wes? We've had a, a daily coaching search update. Anticipate. I think having another one today, and I think I did the math. As anybody on this show knows, I'm bad with dates. I'm bad with math. You are awful with dates. Awful with dates. That's probably my weakest spot among many. Uh, really bad at math, but I think $25 a year is like six cents a day, something like that. I mean, so come join us for a year at least, and I think we'll have you longer and get all the coaching search stuff recruiting stuff after the coach is hired next football season. I mean, you're going to get it all. So come join us. Charles says, how do you personally feel about Jeff Munkin? Blink twice for God. No. <laughs> oh man. I have See, blinked our, our twice in total since he, uh, since he said that in the chat. Yeah. Did, you did blink twice. Well, in total. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we got a lot going on. I, have been trying to get some like team and recruiting notes together for probably the last 36 hours. I feel like if, uh, if people want to read that, that should finally be on the site today as well. So if you're a subscriber, you should have some team stuff to look forward to, and you should have some, uh, some coaching search stuff to look forward to between this exact moment and sometime before you go to bed tonight. Can't make any promises past that, but at some point, there will be some fresh content for both of those things on the site. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about this game. As you said, neither one of us is really – I like to think, Chris, that we don't BS, BS our our people, our viewers, our listeners. I have not sort of had a chance to completely dive into Missouri. You have not either. At some point before Saturday, if there is hopefully a game uh, Saturday – they're sort of if you look at the Missouri stuff, you know, Drinkwitz is still kind of saying if we get to play, basically, we hope we get to play. Hopefully there's a game. South Carolina's starting to get sort of low on on the scholarship number as well. Now, some of that for opt-outs, injuries, and stuff like that, past, you know, anything COVID related. But hopefully these two teams get to play. We had a question on there, Chris, about the secondary and I was thinking about this, you know, I always do that that depth chart, little projected depth chart thing each week. It's going to look very different this week. And, you know, but I, I think we already have a feel, I was asking around today, I already have a pretty good feel for what the starters will probably look like. Uh, I think uh, cornerback, you're looking at Johnny Dixon. Johnny was already playing a bunch anyway, either with just Izzy being banged up or Izzy playing safety, stuff like that. So Dixon, based on what I heard from practice today, You'd have Dixon at corner. You'd have, obviously, Cam Smith at the other cornerback spot. You'd have uh, Jamie Robinson at nickel. You'd have Jalen Foster at safety. Jalen's played a ton the last two games. And uh, you'd actually have um, have Dickerson as, uh, as the next guy, Jalen Dickerson as the next guy at safety. So that, from what I've heard, is probably your starting group right now. Obviously, you um, – You'd probably mix in Shallow Sanders at safety. Zaquandre White, apparently, going to be in the mix at safety. And, you know, I, I think at cornerback, may, maybe a, a Darius Rush gets his his chance. He's, he's worked really hard, played a bunch on special teams. Heard some buzz about Darius in, in preseason. So, great kid who's really sort of worked for his opportunity. I could see him getting a chance out there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to look different in the secondary, no doubt. but. You sort of are at the point. You just got to take the guys you have and sort of rally together and, and go play. Yeah, you do. And you know, with Missouri is both these teams for for different reasons are are in not the best shape from a roster standpoint. You know, when you look at Missouri, they do have some COVID stuff as well, uh, but they also have some injuries. And so for South Carolina, it has seemed a little bit more um, injury related, opt out related you know, three 
defensive backs, you know, opting out um, that started for South Carolina um, heading into this game. And then some injuries, you know, we know Brad Johnson, for example, is out, Aaron Sterling's out, you know, et cetera. You know, for Missouri, they've got, you know, looks like their quarterback's good. Um, as far as we're, as far as we know, Roundtree, the running back, Beatty, the running back, you know, they've still got some good players on this roster that can cause you some issues. But um, they've got three players that had half-game suspensions. Drinkwitz, Eli Drinkwitz, Missouri head coach, said two of them are going to be unavailable, did not say which ones. Then they've got, you know, a couple offensive linemen that are questionable to doubtful. Their nose tackle is questionable at best. A tight end is doubtful. Um, you know, and, and so they've also got, you know, obviously they had Tuesday testing and, uh, you know, they came back today. They've got 53 right now players, scholarship players, and the line is 52 to play. And so, or 54, I think 54 scholarship players, line is 53. Got it. Well, no, I told you I was bad at math. So they're, they're one player from the line right now. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a pretty precarious position. And Mike Bobo said today, South Carolina getting, you know, closer. You know, I think the number he used was the 56 number that, that wasn't Missouri before. So they're getting very, very close. Um, hopefully they can still play the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I how, how much do the final three games really matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not a heck of a lot, but – for, for a lot of people, for, for coaches, for their jobs, for kids trying to, you know, put, put tape out there. And, and for upperclassmen wanting to go out there three more times with, with their teammates, um, it, it matters in the context of all of that. So, obviously, we hope they'll get to play. We hope even if some, some guys are out on, on both sides that you still get to go play the game. Now, we've, uh, we've been told – Chris, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit, I, I think, earlier in the week, but that now, now, obviously, let's preface this by saying Mike Mike Bobo probably not going to be South Carolina's future head coach. Not going to see probably a situation where you remove the interim tag and he's the guy. But I, I do think worth mentioning that we've sort of been told that he's done an outstanding job of just doing everything possible to try to rally the troops this week. And the, the message has sort of been much like you've heard in the public, you know, stratosphere has been play for the, the name on the front. Um, if, if you're here, if you haven't opted out, then, you know, you're, you're, you're all in to, unfortunately to still, you know, a, a Clemson phrase, but if you're here, you're all in, there's three games to play. This group of guys will never play a football game together again after three games from now. You know, so they've rallied the troops. Bobo said it on the little opening. There's no there's no excuses. It's been a tough year on these kids for for a variety of reasons, from COVID to your coach leaving to other guys opting out. But if you're here, rally around each other, go play. I think they've tried to use sort of the motivations of some former players uh, I've heard, some guys that are in the league, some sort of high-profile guys, and and reiterate what it means to be able to go play football for your university, which was a big part of Connor Shaw's message to the public on you know yesterday, on Tuesday. For what I've heard, that's sort of been the message behind the scenes as well. And the thing we've learned about Mike Bobo just from his press stuff, Chris, is that you know where you stand with Mike Bobo. And the public – the public words are very similar to the private words, I believe. And that's been, you know, hey, it's not been good enough. That's been the message from Bobo. He said the practice was not good enough on Tuesday. Yep. He actually reiterated it today. They asked, was it good enough today to beat Missouri? And he said, no. <laughs> he, said it was be- he said it was better than it was Tuesday. Which now you're sort of talking, you know, you probably build them up a little bit, right? And Saturday you tell them that they're going out to defeat the world. Um, <laughs> you know, but right now it's not good enough. And he, he's made some changes on the fly, Chris, in how they have done things as far as giving. Th- Thursday is now a very, very light day. Friday is now Fast Friday, which is a a full speed as far as the it's not a walkthrough, it's a run through. You're not knocking each other's heads off, but you're getting loose 
you're running through the things at full speed. And then even Saturday, instead of sitting around the hotel all day and waiting for the night game to get here, uh, it sounds like they're going to do a little more as far as getting loose and getting over to the ops building and and um, doing some stuff Saturday before the game. So you at least have to, I think, Chris, commend that against really all the odds of everything. They're saying, if you're here, let's try to win the final three games, basically. Yeah, I mean, and that's all you can do, man. You might as, you know, for a lot of these guys, you know, they're around, they love ball. I mean, they, you know, and so some of the guys you mentioned, Cam Smith is going to play a lot more than he has been. Darius Rush, if he gets an opportunity, he's played on special teams and done some really good things on special teams. Um, a lot of guys are going to get their opportunity now. Um, and, and it's going to some of the same faces, you know, particularly on offense. We're going to see a lot of the same guys. But they made some changes. Mike Bobo, who's, you know, been a head coach before, obviously is going to have his own ideas to where if he's the head guy, you know, you implement those things. Or maybe if it's things he didn't even do as a head coach in the past, maybe he said, I should have done this last time I was a head coach, or I think this is what this team needs. So you change those things up and then see where it goes. Now, are they still going to be limited in some regards in personnel, especially defensively, you know, in the, especially in the secondary? Are they still thin or there's still a lot of issues on all, in all phases of the game? Absolutely. Uh, but just being able to change it up a little bit and do some things differently, you know, maybe, maybe that helps this team. I mean, you do still have the games. You still have the pride to play for. The season hasn't gone how anybody wanted it to, but you do have those things to play for. And so you're right. Mike Bobo, you know, has injected some, you know, maybe some energy, some different vibes into the situation. He has certainly let it be known that, you know, he, he's not been a big fan of uh, how they played, you know, this year. He's let, he's let that be known publicly and privately. And so we'll see where it goes from there. No doubt. Uh, someone said, I'm guessing Hill is still QB1. I would say, I would say yes. Now, could we, could we start to see some more of Doty as, I mean, I've, cue the broken record alert. I've said, see some more of Doty <laughs> yeah. um, the last three weeks, which, which we have to, you know, to an extent, um, but still not a ton. Could you still see some more of that just as far as getting a young guy out there? Absolutely. But I, I think as far as, who you're going into this game, if your back is against the wall and you're in the situation South Carolina is in right now and you're Bobo, you're 100%, I would think, going with the guy that, that you're comfortable with and the guy you think has been you know, your guy from, from the beginning of the season, I think. So I wouldn't really personally anticipate any type of a change as far as that goes. Let's uh, Let's blend all this together, Chris, and – go from Bobo back to the coaching search as far as a potential Bobo situation where he were to would stay on as an OC. And let but let's talk about it more, not really as far as a particular head coach, because I think we're kind of at the point there's multiple head coaches that I, I think there's a scenario where Bobo stays as offensive coordinator. And there's sort of two things I want to get into there. First of all, in the terms of Gunnar Stockton. So I, I was on a podcast earlier today with, you know, with, with Chad Simmons, who does a great job covering the Southeast, covers Georgia. And his, you know, with rivals, his thought process is, is the same as ours. He's tight, you know, with Gunnar Stockton, tight with that family. And while they don't say a whole lot publicly recruiting wise, his thought is that, Certainly, if Bobo and Shaw are still at South Carolina, that Stockton would stick with the Gamecocks. And I'm not going to sit here and say you should ever keep a coach, especially at a position as important as OC, just to get one recruit, no matter how great that recruit is. But I think it's important for all of us to also remember and acknowledge that the offense you have seen South Carolina run this week or this year, I should say, this season schematically is very different than the offense you would see South Carolina run if the Gamecocks were loaded with talented wide receivers with a different group around the quarterback and, frankly, moving forward with 
a different style quarterback. If Luke Doty was the quarterback, if Gunnar Stockton was the quarterback, you would say a much different offense for Mike Bobo. And he has shown in the past several different times an ability to morph the system as time progresses. So the is the offense great this year? Just statistically, no. But I think we all warned everyone all offseason that it was going to take a magic trick each Saturday to try it and figure it out. So then you pair that with a defense that has been really, really bad the last three games and bad in spurts for the for the season, frankly. We, we can't really – I think it's completely unfair – to judge Mike Bobo as a play caller and as an OC just by looking at the numbers this season. And I I feel like, Chris, there's been a certain segment that have been like, eh, I don't know if I want Mike Bobo back. But I think there's a lot of reasons to say maybe you do. Yeah, and I'm I'm almost – I'm pretty surprised by that, especially given – the product that we saw sometimes the past (laughs) four years, you know, I think a lot of people look at it and have trouble and I'm not, I'm not like down in anybody, but have trouble putting it into proper perspective. They just look how many points did South Carolina score. Okay. That's not good enough. And you do have to remember, you know, coaches, especially so a coach that walks into a first year situation, which is what Mike Bobo did. He got to South Carolina win January. So he didn't recruit, anybody on the roster except for Adam Prentice came with him, who's really helped South Carolina and Colin Hill. And I know that's a whole nother discussion. You know, we can, we can talk about that if, if we want or some other time. And we've talked about it a lot in the past, but he had to get here. The personnel is what it is for Mike Bobo. So the personnel was questions at running back, big questions at receiver, right. And, and quarterback question even. And so, you go from questions at running back to, oh, by the way, you lost your five-star freshman running back. And then you have one receiver, you know, basically, for all intents and purposes. I'm not trying to be crass about it, but they had one proven wide receiver, and that's played out throughout this season as well. And despite that, he's found a way to – everybody knows when South Carolina takes the field, they're running the ball. They've still done that in almost every game. A&M was the exception. They got whipped everywhere. Um They've ran the ball effectively, and they got the ball to Shy Smith, who's their only receiver. That's pretty good. You know, like that's – everybody knows that's what you're scheming up to do, and they've still been able to do it. So, you know, they've run a lot more I-formation stuff than maybe you would – Mike Bobo would have at Colorado State, like you pointed out, Wes. He, he integrated some I stuff, but he did a lot of spread stuff. They'd come out three and four wideouts sometimes – because they had, honestly, their better personnel. Had some NFL wide receivers there. Um, at Georgia, he did some gun, you know, more gun stuff because they had really good, they had good talent everywhere there, you know, and they and they put up points. So Bobo would structure the offense differently going forward. So I'm totally with you. People don't need to think, okay, well, why why would Bobo just put Gunnar Stockton in the in the I formation? I mean, maybe sometimes, right? But but there would be much more of a of a different attack. And everybody can probably remember when we were talking through spring ball earlier this year before it got shut down, and even in preseason, what is this offense going to look like? Because we knew that Mike Bobo is capable and has blended different offensive philosophies and styles based on his personnel. And this is what South Carolina ended up being really out of necessity. So we had a question in the chat, Chris, and I, I don't know the answer on this. I know I know Napier is an offensive-minded guy. Is he specific? Is he calling his actual plays right now, or is he just sort of uh, knows what he's looking for? In, you know, in his offense. Do you do you know that? I, I think he calls his own plays, or at least sometimes. I think. And I remember I was watching one of their games actually this year, and it looked like very much looked like he was calling them. But um, let, let, let us let us double check that. But I do I do believe he does. Um, he coaches the quarterbacks. He's very involved. And I know he said when he took the the job at Louisiana that he planned on calling plays. So I think that he normally does. Otherwise, he's very involved. Yeah, we had another question. Would South Carolina keep uh, Paul Jackson, you know, 
regard, you know, I guess whoever the coach is, would they keep Paul Jackson? And I would say way too early to know on, on something like that. But yeah. obviously, you know, and, and I think Paul Paul Jackson's done a, a really good job here, from what I've heard, considering all of the the hurdles that this team has had to face. Uh, you know, as far as training goes, but mo- you know, also mo- most guys come in sort of probably with a dude. Um, either that's already their guy where they're at or that they've maybe worked with in the past. And um, every coach sort of has an idea of if I take a job, here's who my, you know, this position coach would be. Here's who this position coach would be. Probably here's who my strength coach would be. So it would just sort of depend on the availability of, of that person, whether they would come with them or not. And, you know, is there a prior connection to Paul Jackson? What does uh, the current administration what feedback do they give to the new coach about Paul Jackson? Although I think it would be very positive. It, it's sort of, I would say as far, it's hard enough right now to sort of project who the head coach is going to be. I think you're really starting to get into the weeds. If, you know, we try to project if, if Paul Jackson, uh, you know, would, would be the strength coach under the new group. Chris, did you find an answer on Napier? I saw some stuff saying that he does call the plays. Um, you know, nothing from really, really recently. You know, there's nothing from last week saying when Billy Napier was calling plays. But, yeah, it uh, apparently he does. And that blends with – I mean, I was watching one of their games this year, and it very much looked like he was he was sending plays out. So. I got you. That's cool. So, yeah, probably does. And, but you know, with that effect, whether you would keep Bobo or not, you know, potentially you, you still need somebody on offense to sort of help out, obviously if you're a head coach. So much like, you know, Muschamp still had had a defensive coordinator, even though he was a defensive-minded coach. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if uh, if that's the case moving forward. Also, Chris, let's, let's talk about a little bit more about recruiting as far as how it relates to this move, as far as the move being South Carolina getting rid of Will Muschamp. No official decommitments yet. I've heard of – at least three that I think are now possible all the way up to likely all the way up, maybe three or four that I would say are possible all the way up to definitely happening. And I think a situation where, again, we have to remind everybody, this is going to happen. You're going to have decommitments. The interesting thing that Chad Simmons asked me earlier on their podcast that I thought we would steal and bring to ours is how do you rebuild a recruiting class in the final days before the early signing period? And Chad had what I, I think is probably probably what you have to do in, in the year 2020 and 2021 is – you're probably not, you know, if, let's say South Carolina's class right now, you take it and you subtract, let's say, five guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So you try to fill that spot, and South Carolina did have some spots to fill anyway. If you are the new coach, are you going to be able to fill this class with 10 true difference makers by, certainly not by December, maybe by February you could get, you know, a difference maker or two. Or do you try to hold on to as many guys as you think you you can that you like in the current class? Make your first phone call to Gunnar Stockton and say, we're building towards this 2022 class. And let's try to get a head start on that. And then absolutely hammer the transfer portal for – receivers, maybe a linebacker, maybe a DB, shoot, maybe a pass rusher if the right guy's in there, and go that route as opposed to taking up scholarships with, how do you put it nicely, maybe fringe guys to to close out this class. And, And that was Chad Simmons' take is that, hey, go put every last bit of energy you have into transfer portal, keeping the guys you like, and trying to, to get started on this 2022 class. 
Yeah, and it is going to be really interesting. And then you're going to get into even some layered stuff like perception. Like you, if you sign a class that's got 15 guys in it, your recruiting ranking is probably not going to be great, you know, and all this different stuff. And, you know, who, whoever gets in here, first of all, depending on when it is, right? So let's say hypothetically it was on December 10th, you know, midweek sometime. Uh, you've got a few days before December 16th, the signing period. Can you get some guys to hold off and wait till February? Can you steal a guy right off the bat? You know, you just got to see. And so what you're going to have to do is is this balancing act of really, um, you know, trying to figure out if, if I do want to get into some recruiting battles in, Jan- say, January, can I win any? Because what you don't want to do, Wes, is, is you don't want to – you don't want to take a bunch of guys just to take them and fill out a class, especially not this year, especially with the transfer transfer portal looming and not only transfer portal, but maybe the decision in January for the NCAA to grant immediate immediate eligibility. If that's the case, then the transfer portal is really a game changer this year. So now the other part of it is if, if that is your strategy, then you, you better get some guys out of the portal, right? Because there's going to be, South Carolina won't be the only school going, man, we should get some guys out of the portal. Like there will be a lot of people trying to do that. Um, So it is going to be a really tough balancing act for a roster that is going to be in need of some guys. Um, You know, I guess the saving grace is if you go into it and you say, let's go after, you know, let's get 10 more really good guys in this class and you lose on them. Okay. You don't, maybe you feel like you've got the portal as a backup. So maybe it's a, Maybe that's your safety net there as long as you can get some. Um, you do need some players. You're going to have some holes to fill. But if you shoot too high and you if you shoot your shot and miss on a bunch of guys, can you go circle back to some other ones? So, I mean, it's just a crazy balancing act, you know, this offseason. And, you know, Chris, somebody may be saying, do, do all of that. But yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is there's only so much time in a day Mm-hmm. And if you waste your time shooting for the the top, let's say you you shoot for these three guys and you miss on all three, and you could have had three slightly not quite as elite, but still pretty good players. Yeah. You may miss on all six because you wasted all your time on the top three. So that's a constant yep. balancing act. Like we would like to, we would like to think, oh, just go after all the great players. <laughs> but it's just it's not as simple as that. You got to make some you got to make some tough decisions. Now, regardless of if it's Beamer or Napier or whoever, you'd probably think there's some connections from maybe kids they've recruited in the past that aren't happy where they're at or you know with with Napier maybe I mean it's a it's a blurred line. Maybe some guys at his current place that want to graduate and give it a shot in the SEC. I mean you're probably going to have some – to me, the transfer portal is about connections a lot of times. And who who do you sort of have a prior connection with that is looking for an opportunity? And, yes, yeah, South Carolina isn't going to be able to just go in and get the top ten guys out of the transfer portal. There will be other teams after them as well. But you do have a pretty nice little sort of pitch in that it's a new staff, new hope – and tons of playing time available. If you're a guy with one year left and you're playing receiver or you're playing linebacker, then you know, you you'd have to take a hard look. I, I feel like at South Carolina because that that playing time is very very much available for you in Columbia moving forward. Um had a question. Let's see. From Antonio, do you think there will be more attrition to the current roster moving forward? Chris, I would say not not for like for the season as far as opt-outs, but I would say as far as off-season, you see transfers anyway. But, man, I, I got to think with, with Muschamp out that more attrition is not just possible but very likely. Yeah, and, that, and that's probably the case, man, for any coaching change. I mean, can we can we even name a coaching change? in history of football in the modern era where there hasn't been guys that have left for whatever reason. So there's definitely going to be some, I would think, and that's just something you can sort of project. Do we know who? No, we don't. It it all just depends a lot of the timing, 
you know, who the new guy is, when he's hired, what players think of him, what they think their situations are. There's just going to be a lot of different factors in play there. Yep. So we'll, we'll track that, of course. Before we forget, Chris, uh, let's tell everybody about uh, our good friends at Dead Soxie and how they can get an outstanding deal from our partner, Dead Soxie. Yeah. So there you see deadsoxie.com. Wes likes to do group activities. I think we should do one too. We don't have to do it right now if you're watching or listening, but right after the show, right after, go to your phone, go on your computer, your tablet, whatever. Go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Browse around, no-show socks, uh, boardroom socks, which is their dress sock line. They've got some Gamecock more appropriate, I guess you could say, stuff coming soon that we've seen and we're excited about. Wes, are you liking your Dead Soxy socks? I definitely do. Yeah, and it's gotten cold, too, so I'm yeah. I'm loving the fact that I have them on right now, so that's helpful. Dude. I've had mine on uh, the past couple of days as well. And the cool thing is they're not slipping up and down all the time. So they're patented no slip technology on both their no shows and their dress socks. And the cool thing is if you go to uh, deadsoxy.com, enter the promo code cocky, C-O-C-K-Y, and you get 30% off your entire order at deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Could be a great uh, Christmas present, by the way. Awesome um, Christmas present. You know, you know how you know that you're old, Chris? When you go from rolling your eyes about getting socks uh, for Christmas to being excited yeah. about getting socks for Christmas, oh. that's how you know you're officially old. And I fought that for the longest time, but now I, I guarantee my probably my mom and Mackenzie, my girlfriend, probably both will throw me some socks in there, and I will actually be happy. I'll be like, sweet, some new socks. So I, yeah. hopefully they get them from Dead Soxy and get 30% off with the code cocky. So there you go. Yep. All right. Some final thoughts here and we're, we're going to close it out. I, um, I tell you, I, I do hope you're all on GamecockCentral.com. We've had a huge boost in subscribers lately. Hopefully the rest of you will come over and join us as well. And dude, the support this week too on the show has been phenomenal. I yeah, predicted, man. I predicted that Monday would break the record for most views on the show. And y'all delivered it. Monday's Monday's show was the most watched GC live show in the very short history of GC live. So we appreciate that. Appreciate all the support from everybody. And um, the show would obviously not be possible without our sponsors, but it really would not be possible without you guys. So we appreciate it. Um, and, and let's keep it rolling. You know, we, we got, we're going to keep on this coaching search. We got three more football games to talk about. And I promise Chris and I will actually probably watch a little bit of the next two opponents. I can't promise we're going to watch much of Missouri before this week. But, dude, so South Carolina, let's close out with a little bit more Missouri talk. South Carolina faced a Missouri team that has kind of had an odd year, I feel like. Uh, You know, they're they're two and three. They They got beat to start the year by Alabama. 38-19. 38-19. to 19. They got beat by Tennessee, actually 35-12, to 12, a Tennessee team that we've sort of learned ain't that great. <laughs> you know, honestly. Then they, they beat LSU in a shootout not too distant of amount of time from when LSU clobbered South Carolina, if you want to put it nicely. Then they had a postponed game against Vandy, who they would have beaten because everybody beats Vandy, a 20-10 a twenty to 10 win over Kentucky, then a 41-17 to 17 bad loss at Florida, which we saw South Carolina actually sort of hung in there for the most part with, with Florida if you want to play that game of comparison, but also then a, a team that, that had to cancel their game against Georgia most recently. So they've not played a game. I think it'll be 21 days Yeah, since they've played when, when they face off with South Carolina. They're very short on players. This is not really the team probably that, that they rolled into the year with. I'm not even, Chris, going to pretend that I know who's out and who's in and who's missing and who matters and all that stuff. But I know it's a, a lot of guys they, they've been without. So I'm frankly surprised that it's even on the Vegas board considering – that one, the game actually still could be canceled, 
two, South Carolina has had a coaching change. They have an interim coach. They've had opt-outs. They have other guys hurt. And Missouri is right up, as you detailed earlier, right up on the line for even be able to play. So I'm surprised there's even a Vegas line on this game. But Missouri is, with the adding up of all those different things, a small favorite over South Carolina on Saturday. What will actually happen in the game? We we pegged the game last week pretty well, I, I thought. Yeah. Honestly. It was exactly what we all thought. What will happen this Saturday, if you can predict that, then you you're pretty you're pretty good at predicting things. Well, I, I do have one prediction. I don't think there'll be a lot of defense again. Now, I think the question is are the offenses going to be too shorthanded or, or whatever to for that to really show. But both of these teams are going to be hurt from a personnel standpoint. And Missouri, you know, I think even again in their game against Florida, they were having some issues that had some players out, whether it's injuries or contact trace, COVID, that type of stuff. South Carolina has been, as far as COVID-related stuff, South Carolina has been in good shape all year for the most part during the season, right? Uh, they, they haven't had a ton of issues there. Uh, Missouri's had two games, you know, uh, where, where they've had to postpone the games because of it or cancel one, postpone one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got a combination at Missouri of some contact trace and COVID and, and also some injuries. And so a couple offensive linemen, a couple defensive linemen, and, and I'm not categorizing these as, as injury or COVID, but there's there are those. Now, their quarterback, I think, is good, Connor Basilak, who's done some good things this year at times. Their running backs, Larry Roundtree, uh, Tyler Beatty, as long as they are good, we think they are right now. They're really good, um, in my opinion. They've got a scheme that's tough, especially for a team that defensively in South Carolina has just really struggled. So um, I would imagine, you know, we might see it. Now, I'm not saying we're going to see a 59 to whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know if we'll get there. I just think that both of these defenses are going to be in a little bit of a, a precarious position from a numbers standpoint specifically. Yeah, and you're you're already talking about Chris, a South Carolina defense that that with some of their better players, with a JC Horn. I mean, I, I know I know it's been really bad the last three weeks, but I don't think you get the complete picture of just how bad it is. And, and the re- I mean, the entire SEC has, uh, I think, worse defensive numbers than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. But dude, South Carolina's defense right now. 36.7 points allowed per game, 13th in the SEC. Mm. That's ahead of only Ole Miss. And I just can't remember seeing a number like that beside a South Carolina defense because even when even when South Carolina, if you go back, even when they've really struggled, they've always sort of been able to hang their hat on on defense for the most part. So I um obviously you, you can go back to what would you say some of those final final spurrier teams when the defense really fell off and that they really struggled. But uh, what what would that have been the the fourteen year was really fourteen bad. defense. Yeah. Yeah, but you know and, and even then um and not I'm certainly not excusing this year's performance. This is bad any way you slice it. I'm just to give some perspective when you talk about those point totals. So one, it, it is bad this year, particularly in the last few games, but also where it even compared to 14, you're in that modern offensive era where points are just getting racked up across college football. So I would imagine just about any team that you look at, if you compare in 2014 or when you go back to 2010, the, the points surrendered total, the yardage surrendered totals, those are probably going to be higher across the board, you know. I would think just because of sort of the how football is now. Yeah, very interesting. Twenty fourteen, South Carolina was twelfth in the SEC. There were actually two defenses worse. Um, <laughs> South Carolina allowed thirty point four points per game. Hmm. The worst team in the conference, Vandy, allowed thirty three point three points per game. And it was kind of interesting. Those numbers are actually up compared to 2015 when all the scoring numbers were down in the conference mm-hmm. and South Carolina allowed 27.5, but was actually the worst defense as far as that number, you know, in, in the conference. So interesting how that works. Like you said, it's a very offensive oriented league right now, but still just to see that number beside the word South Carolina is sort of shocking 
for me. Now, if you watch the last three games, maybe it really shouldn't be, but it still sort of is. Um, I don't know. We got any final questions on here? Seems like I may have missed one or two. The the Connor the Connor Shaw thing. Yeah. Connor Shaw is awesome, but you can't make Connor Shaw your head coach right now. I've seen I've seen a few people who, you know, I think it's sort of a sort of a joke, but then some people are like, hey, crazier things. Could yeah. Con- could Connor Shaw one day be South Carolina's head football coach? Is that possible? Who's to say it's not? Does he have all the makings if that's what he wants to do to one day work up to that? But you, I mean, dude, there's so much management as far as managing people, managing commitments, managing, uh, and I don't mean football commitments, I mean time commitments, managing media, donors, so much just stuff that goes into being a head football coach at that level. It wouldn't be fair to even consider giving it to, to somebody and throwing them, you're literally throwing them into the deep end of an ocean, basically, with no way to swim. And that wouldn't be fair. Now, if if Connor Shaw wants to be on staff or something or to keep his current role moving forward with a new staff, you certainly do that. But to, to say, oh, he should be the head coach, I, that that's not happening yet. And I, I think it's... It's not fair to him to really think about putting him in, in that situation. Not that, Chris, anybody's thinking about doing that, but I have seen that growing sort of push after people saw the awesome press conference on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think and that it was awesome. I, I think that just means he's, an, he's a guy that needs to be around the program a lot. You know, whatever whatever role he's in, you you see why he can be really good at it. And so – yeah, that doesn't mean you automatically have to project him to the head coach. We have no idea if he wants to be a head football coach. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he had an assistant. We talked about this yesterday. He was an assistant at Furman and wanted to go on a little bit of a different path. And then when he got back into football, got into more a little bit more of the administrative side, although certainly around the players a ton. And now he's, you know, a little bit more involved. So we'll see what the future holds. I, I think the chances of him being around are very, very high, which is great for the Gamecock football program, no matter who the coach is. Somebody asked how close Kevin Harris is to a thousand yards. Um, Chris isn't good with math, so we won't ask him to do that, but he is at 817 yards right now, which I believe would mean he's only 183 yards away from being South Carolina's latest 1000 yard rusher, which is actually very much attainable with three games left. If not, probably likely with three games left based on what we've seen from Kevin Harris so far and would be an amazing accomplishment considering the expectations for him coming in, the expectations for the offense coming in, and that you're talking about a 10-game all-SEC schedule. So that would be pretty awesome for him. Great kid, great worker, really cool stuff. I think that's going to do it. You got any closing thoughts, Chris? No, I'm good, man. Appreciate the sh- uh, everybody's support of the show. Good stuff again today. Good questions. Good discussion. Yep. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for the support. Everybody right now, go hit the like button on whatever uh, platform you're on. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. And if you have about maybe 15 seconds, if you're listening on a podcast, maybe go on there and, and leave us a five-star review if you like the show. And if you don't, leave us a one-star review. That's uh, perfectly okay as well. I'm or He's Chris. I'm Wes. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. How can I help? Hi, thanks for telling my family and me about Toyota's national sales event. We got a new RAV4 during the event, and it's been great. Well, that makes me happy. Right now through September 6th, it is the best time to drive off in a new Camry Hybrid, Tacoma, and more. So what are you up to? You know, we took the RAV4 to a great spot, and now we're exploring a cave. Amazing. Yeah, my wife talked me into spelunking. I'm actually a complete and absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Absolute amateur. Huh, I could have done without the echo on that. Toyota's national sales event is on. Visit your participating Toyota dealer today to enjoy every last second of summer. Toyota, let's go places. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Dealer inventory may vary. Event ends September 6th.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.